0: Hello and welcome to Main Education Matters with Matt and Matt. My name is Matt. And I'm Matt too. And we're trying to do Facebook Live for the second week in a row. Holy moly.
1: <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, folks, you got to know, we tried this, we, play, we We actually figured it out and it worked and we're like, all right, great, we'll get it done. And so we, let's do it for the next time that we're recording and we're going to do it this time, Thursday at three o'clock. And so, oh, what we'll do is we'll send out some messages and we'll send it out to people to get people to come. And then... What happened? Uh, I got
0: this little message that says that I opted out of my platform. So the action attempted is
1: disallowed because the user has opted out of Facebook platform. Now, did you have a a medical exemption for opting out or was it a philosophical or religious exemption for opting out? Well, since it's Facebook, I probably have a philosophical objection to it,
0: but I, but I never told them before. (laughs) Oh my God! Now what do I got? You get more messages. I'm getting more messages. Apparently, nice. that is a little preview of what's coming up later. <laughs> As it turns out, oh, we are just like totally on
1: brand today. But let, let me let me explain something, folks. We are in week four of our emergency slash remote slash distant learning, <laughs> and Matt and Matt are a hot mess.
0: <laughs> All of which is true, which I'm oh pretty certain my. is par
1: for the course. It's sure everybody is, else out
0: there. This is uh this is something else here. So we we're gonna try to talk about uh a whole bunch of things today, like some business businessy type things, I I think you said. Uh and then we're gonna try to get to the big picture. So just like a forty-five minute preview of stuff that we always ramble about. Yep. And then, and then when it comes
1: to the important stuff, two minutes. We're like,
0: yeah, we gotta we gotta end this. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> typical for us. So one of the first things, let, let's uh, let's change this order a little bit, actually. Uh, a couple of things that happened today. Uh, one of the things that we got uh, probably about 15, 20 minutes ago, heard about it this morning, uh, Maine's high school sports spring season has been canceled. That's a shame. It is a shame. That's tough. It is. I was That's trying to a- think of uh, when I was in high school and how much I was so looking forward to baseball. And... Now it's just done.
1: Yeah, I was thinking back too to when I was looking forward to uh, not participating in spring sports. <laughs> and uh, wow, <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. So uh, Maine is the first state in New England to cancel spring season sports, uh, but uh, according to this article I'm reading, the 12th state in the country that has done that so far. And
1: uh, the, as Maine goes, so goes the nation after 12 other states
0: yeah i would say the mpa director uh mike burnham says there's not going to be a new england state that doesn't cancel so we just happen to be first uh the others are all coming fairly soon which is no surprise not at all Uh, and it is a shame even though it's like half raining half snowing out there today on april 9th but you know whatever
1: yeah i was just talking to some folks in my district and they were saying they were expecting somewhere between possibly 12 and 18 inches of snow tonight (laughs) oh my god (laughs) Over the that's, next couple of days, or something. That's so awesome! Like, it is April 9th. Yeah,
0: what are we it's doing just, here?
1: We're we're all in, we're all in isolation. We're all in quarantine. We're all staying at home. And then you are going to drop drop a foot and a half of snow. Come on! I know it's ridiculous. But uh, the so, good thing is, yeah. Good thing is, though, is that the, the day after you don't have to plow it because the day after it'll all melt.
0: But that's a very good point. Just like last time, it snowed.
1: Right. That is so exactly right. And everything.
0: So the next thing is uh, about 20 minutes ago, as we recorded, uh, Commissioner Macon put out a statement regarding recommendations for extended remote learning. Because uh, as you know, she has put out uh, a statement a couple of days ago saying she recommends that all schools close for the year. Uh, uh, buildings close for the year, but uh, it says school classrooms are closed, but schools are not. And then she goes yeah, that- on for a little bit. So go ahead.
1: That whole thing caused a bit of confusion out there. A little bit. And uh I think the bigger point is that schools aren't closing. Right. The buildings might be closing, but the learning continues.
0: I think some of the consternation
1: that was out there was mm. it wasn't a whole thank you
0: for that. Uh a whole lot of advance notice, I guess. Although from what I hear it was designed to be uh just going along with what we talked about about a month or so ago when when schools kind of shut down for a little bit but but continued their distance learning it was supposed to be designed just to like the next step but apparently people freaked out a little bit but i think everybody's over it
1: yeah people misinterpreted it and then it got then it got miscommunicated in a lot of ways and and then folks didn't help themselves districts and administrators didn't help themselves out because they then portrayed things in a certain way and right you know so it's like just calm down, everyone. We're still we're still having school. We're just not having in-person classes. That's all. That's, That's all. Recommendation.
0: Yep. So I, I think uh, she goes on to say to talk about. She announced her recommendation now in order to give families and schools time to plan and provide alternative ways to celebrate and conduct end-of-year events. For one, but also figure out that you know we're really not coming back to in-person learning for the year. So don't hold on to that May first date anymore.
1: Yeah, that's something that folks just have to start really coming to grips with, I think. Yeah. Is that and it's sad and it's like the like spring sports, that's the the next big salvo of just going across the shot across the bow of yep. Yeah. This is really happening and things are not going to be like they already have for graduation for proms and things. So people have to think about them differently.
0: Yeah. So I think that the idea that taking some time to do this right now, because it is only April 9th. So that gives a lot of time to really think things through rather than scramble and try to figure some of this stuff out. Mm-hmm. I know there's a meeting next week with some administrators in the Western part of Maine to talk about that end of year celebrations. What its graduation might look like and just starting those ideas going around. I think it's a right. great idea.
1: I do too. Okay, I mean, cause that's everyone's in the same boat and let's just figure out where we're all at, what we can Agreed.
0: do. Agreed. All right, let's go down on this a little bit more. Um, future of snow days you have on here
1: well it's been just a uh, a conversation that people have been having about in you know if we think about what this whole um remote distance emergency learning has taught us is that well, we can do it. Mm-hmm. it it can be done and yes it's hard but it also can be done and for many learners is actually really beneficial yep some are are just shining in this environment so I think some of the questions that are coming up is well if we have snow in the future which we will because we live in Maine that's so true (laughs) see (laughs) this is another episode of Facts with Matt Um, (laughs) uh, what happens to the snow days do we we just just say no you could do your work at home and do it that way and or do we say nope we're still going to have snow days and still push the End date in June.
0: I think it's a good conversation for people to have. Uh, well, I had a school committee meeting last night, and some of our student representatives, one of them saying that he loved the remote learning, that it really yep. worked for him uh, for many reasons. And see if this sounds familiar. I get to get up a little bit later. What? That's nice. I get to make my own schedule. I get to do the work at my pace at home and not within that 55 minute block or whatever. Uh, Occasionally I have meetings to check in with teachers and fellow students, which is fine. But basically I need to figure out time management for myself and it really works for me because if I don't want to do it at 1045 to 1130, but I want to do this in the afternoon after I've had a snack and maybe another nap, uh, works out perfectly. He said, I love it. I think it's great. I was like, it's a pretty good idea.
1: And so, if so, if he can then show the same kind of depth of learning and achievement, et cetera, exactly. So, what? Why would we not? I think we'll for for those kids.
0: We'll talk about that a little bit near the end, if we ever get to the end of this. But, uh, but yeah, future snow days is a a real thing now. Uh, Going slightly onto maybe a couple of the other ones, um, I've had an administrator say today, or multiple administrators actually, say to me that they're level of technology knowledge from the teachers has grown exponentially
1: exponentially is a perfect word for it
0: because they're like i would never have known how to do this otherwise but now that i have to it's like it's really not that bad and i'm learning so much and my kids i think are doing pretty well which is a good good lesson for when we do come back to some in-person learning it's like now how do you integrate that stuff to meet more needs of your learners than you do right now yeah we'll talk about that too
1: the 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 amount of professional development in these areas that have been available to folks for years has been staggering and the fact that it's now just coming to roost some folks are saying things like well why didn't you just listen to me before it's not about that no it's exactly it happened at the right time same thing we say with our learners it wasn't the right time now is for these yep. folks and it's coming to roost and it's seeing it and it's working and people are doing it and people are doing amazing things Agreed. and it's 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 really cool in a way
0: so you have another thing on here about the flipped classroom model that kind of goes along with what we were just talking about
1: yeah i mean i remember reading a book back like in 2009 2010 something like that um called uh role reversal by mark barnes i believe it was and it was all about how He went from a teacher center to a student-centered classroom to a, um, instead of doing, he did the lecturing there in the class and had the students listen, he recorded the stuff, put it online, made it available to them, and then they did that as their homework that they would come in the classroom and solve problems and put the stuff into action, applying the work. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's ever been a real systemic or system-wide opportunity to show how a flipped classroom model can can or could work in a way right that's basically what we're all what a lot of us are doing yep in classrooms
0: i think i think you're right i think this is a good lesson for uh again what our future
1: might be and but the, that- i think the bigger point too is that there are examples of this that have been happening for several many many years now that people have been doing it that it is possible it can work yep. even beyond the emergency time right and if we take what we've learned from this of being uh, thinking things like um, well, some learners, perhaps even a bigger percentage that we even thought, are really succeeding in this format. Maybe we should give some consideration to this in the future because if we're building a system for the learners, then they deserve this. I think you
0: you said it right before when you said that this, people weren't ready for it, and now now that they have to do it. They're like, now I see what you're talking about. I can do this, and I can do this, right? And I see the value, not just hear the value from people like us. Now I see it, and now's the right time. So maybe it's a a confluence of events.
1: Well, it's it's that level of authenticity. It's that level of being like, well, why would I ever need to do this? Why would I ever, ever need to put my classroom in this environment? That'll never happen until it does. Until it does. And it did, and it is, and we're figuring it out. And the teachers are amazing at figuring this stuff out. Some of the best problem solvers in the world. And they're doing it, we're seeing it happen, and they're realizing, oh, yeah, I could do this. And it's not that scary.
0: So let's talk about a couple of things that have to do with remote learning. Uh, It's your
1: world, I'm living in it, Matt.
0: Well, here's my question for you. Uh, It says measuring attendance from remote learning.
1: Oh, this is a big question.
0: It's a it's a great question. And I'm gonna I'm gonna have you answer this first, and then I'm gonna be my usual direct self.
1: Okay. Um
0: teaser. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so since you're gonna be direct, I'll just beat around the bush. Oh, I'll, just talk, Good. I'll just talk around an issue forever and just never actually get to it. Um but this is gonna be a real challenge, because especially if Um, our laws stay the same where we have to show like for chronic absenteeism rules like 50 percent of the time they have to be in a classroom or getting direct instruction well in a remote learning environment that can't work Mm -hmm. um so how do you measure attendance from remote learning i do not think it should be i'm having my classroom from nine to ten open hours and everyone is mandatory to be on zoom at that particular time and to come in and if you're not there then you're going to be labeled as absent Mm -hmm. i think that a tendency to be measured by engagement Mm -hmm. and engagement can be defined in a whole spectrum of ways and i don't have one definition of engagement because every kid's life is different and every kid's home life is different and as a result you can't then say well Susie's doing it this way why isn't billy well because they're living completely different lives and different situations in different homes. None of, none of those, there's no identical variable from kid to kid to kid. So because of that, you don't measure whether or not they showed up. You measure or not to what extent are they doing the stuff that you're asking them to do? Or are they participating or are they checking in with you even? Mm-hmm. Um, and even then to call it quote unquote attendance to me is um, what's the word I'm looking for? not necessary
0: you ended that right where i was going uh we shouldn't be taking attendance because seat I time, did we did
1: what we said i beat around the bush and you went right to it yeah
0: see <laughs> seat time we know that seat time it doesn't equal learning right and if we talk about schooling as being about the learners which you and i both believe and i think most of our listeners do that it's about the learning it's not about the seat time then how can you possibly measure any learning right now if they're not in school? Doesn't that kind of break the, the mold, as it were, in trying to figure out, okay, we're just going to replicate school exactly as it was, as you just said. That's not going to work for kids either. So why are we bothering to take attendance? And can't this, oh, as I see snow on my window right now, maybe the heavens are coming down.
1: Here's, here's why I think attendance is important, though. In, a, in one way. There's one okay. way. And I'm not saying that it needs to be in a way like, like, like I was saying, like make it punitive. Mm-hmm. But there needs to be that level of connection. And so I would say that an administrator should check in with the teachers to be like, who have you communicated and connected with? What families, what students have you connected with? And what families and students have you not connected with? And have you tried to connect with them? And if you've tried to connect with them and haven't gotten there, what can we do to then further connect with them? That's how attendance should be done in a remote learning environment to see if you're not engaging, what are the barriers for you at home not engaging with us? Because I think that we can then help break down those barriers or work with the families to break down those barriers. So in that way, keeping some form of regular measurement of who's here, who's not, who's work, who's, who have I connected with um, is actually really helpful for making sure that Kids and families aren't being inadvertently left behind
0: but I would i yes, I totally agree, and I don't think that's attendance. I think we need to change that language a little bit because everything you just mentioned is super important for those connections, right but it doesn't have anything to do with are they learning or not? And we can make those connections all day long. See, something is happening because it is snowing like crazy out my window right now. So maybe we are go- going down a road, uh, road to hell.
1: Uh, I think we are in the upside down.
0: Okay. We okay. Are. Well, I'll be looking for those trees getting knocked over by the Demogorgans fairly soon. So
1: um, are we allowed to talk about that? Is that a copyright infringement or something? It couldn't uh, be because we spent 40 minutes on Ernest Borgnine last week. So
0: <laughs> That's right. His estate hasn't come in to sue us yet. I think they're no. happy for the publicity. That's also true. I think attendance might be the wrong uh, word,
1: but I, I, I do totally think get it's get important. Get what you're, I totally yeah. get what you're saying. All I'm using attendance for is an avenue to to get to have people grasp onto a concept that they're already familiar with and say – okay but in this environment it, ha- it has to change mm-hmm. so let's look at it through that particular the same same concept but through this different lens and still keep a measurement in that way but use it in a way of, of instead of saying butts and seats do it in a way of saying no no just connection engagement yeah. just just that that becomes the attendance and it doesn't have to be every day it could be once a week, it could be every other day. It could be whatever the definition, however you you define it as, but but that becomes our model measurement of attendance. Because if attendance is supposed to be, like you were saying, is it a compliance measure or is it an engagement measure? Mm -hmm. And I think this is an opportunity to change attendance to an engagement measurement, as opposed to just a compliance. I would agree.
0: Let's go to the next one. You have uh, content specific versus problem-based
1: learning. Yeah, so so let's peel back the curtain a little bit, listeners. We uh we decided what we were going to talk about, which was you know how do we reimagine education in the light of the coronavirus, this COVID nineteen crisis. And so, what I did one night or afternoon, I don't even know now. I don't know what time, day it is. To be time honest. is a flat circle. Time is it, it is it is yes, it is irrelevant <laughs> at this point. Time is irrelevant. Um, I just opened up a Google doc. We a Google doc we have, and I just started writing stuff down. Mm-hmm. And that's all we're doing right now is talking about the stuff that I wrote down. That's it. And Matt wrote down too.
0: That's it. Um, I did have a couple. Yes, thanks. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I know. Hey, look, I gotta take credit for myself. Hey, <laughs> I edit. No you can write me. it all down. That's, that's right. exactly it. You, you, you do the you do the yeoman's work here. <laughs> all, I, all I do is just show up and just talk nonsense. But, um, but the content specific versus problem based learning is, I think there's a real opportunity here. Again, to get our teachers – one of the things that I'm hearing a lot of is students in a lot of places are getting overwhelmed by a lot of the stuff that they have to do. They have this class and this class and this class and this class and this class of work to do. And at the same time, they're also being told, well, don't overwhelm the kids because it's really stressful and there's a lot of anxiety there. So this could be a real opportunity for our educators to come together across the content barriers and say, how can we – Create a project, create a problem for our students to solve or that needs to solve and make it into weave it naturally interdisciplinary. I think this is a perfect, perfect opportunity to try this out. For to, to, if we're already out of our comfort zones anyway, let's get a little bit further out. I have it, I love this expression. I say it a lot, my kids are tired of hearing it you can't dig half a hole. So if you're going to dig a hole, make it a hole worth digging. Okay. What I mean by that is if we're already in the discomfort zone, what's a little more discomfort.
0: That's a, a great way to put it actually. And I think you'd have a lot of people jumping onto these things.
1: Why not?
0: Why not? You're, right.
1: You're, you're never going to have this clear of an opportunity again to try it without any sense of retribution or any sense of um, people say, what the hell's wrong with you? Why are you doing that? No, we couldn't do this. I have my own stuff to do. This is a perfect opportunity for people to break down a barrier and to try it. If it doesn't work fine. But if you, you don't know until you try, you know,
0: words of wisdom. If
1: you're going to dig a hole, dig a hole. <laughs> Believe me, I've dug plenty of holes. In my I say
0: that that should be like the the motto of our podcast.
1: Well, you can't dig half a hole, and if you're going to dig a hole, make it a hole worth digging.
0: I think we've done that a few times, depending on our uh, on our topics. <laughs> I think that works pretty good. Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, the next one we talk, and I'm interested in what you what you have to say about this one. Uh, you have definition of student-centered learning, and then you have a bunch of stuff in parentheses after this one.
1: So these, so the definition of student-centered learning that I have here actually comes from the Students at the Center Hub, uh, which you can find online. I don't know what their website is; uh, probably Students at the or something like that. <laughs> probably really original, um, right? So, but they have a a very clear compre- uh, comprehensive uh, understanding of what is student-centered learning, and it's these four criteria of It's student-owned, it's competency-based, it's anywhere or anytime, and it's personalized. Those four criteria make up student-centered learning. And like I was saying before about the opportunities for problem-based learning and integrated interdisciplinary learning, what our students are going through right now is basically the best opportunity to showcase how student-centered learning really works, what it all really is, because they're doing it. And instead of trying to focus on the tasks and the compliance side of everything, focus on bigger things and bigger ideas, problems and have them weave the content into it. Um, That's where I was coming from, I think.
0: So that sounds good. And thank you for that because I was assuming that's right what it was. I I look at one of the definitions uh, from education reimagined and they have basically the exact same four plus one uh, about being socially embedded
1: overachievers
0: so I think they just wanted to one-up what you were gonna say so when they created this they knew this was going to happen
1: yeah they saw this other one and said "All right, we can get one more
0: in there. we can get one more uh, so I, I based myself off this one and sure. what it really sure. does just like the one that, that you just mentioned what that means to individual people or individual districts or individual schools or, or whoever could mean slightly different things there's there's not a rigid definition but as long as it hits a bunch of those um, categories and striving towards the other ones, you're working your way more towards a learner-centered system yeah. uh, than whatever you had before.
1: Yeah. So, and, and there's, with with the amount of variability that happens household to household that we've already talked about, there's no cookie cutter approach that can work. We've been saying that forever. We 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 that's that's been a, pretty much a constant. In, in, in both of our curriculum directorish lives, which is that there's no cookie cutter approach that works for everybody, right. it doesn't exist. So, and even now to, in this particular time, it's no more evident, or it's, it's even more evident what I mean, right? because you can't just say everyone meet at this particular time to do a Zoom meeting because they might not have access or availability. They might be watching kids at that particular time. They might be right. out because they're an essential employee at this time, they might be out working you know, to help help pay bills if another family member has been laid off or or furloughed. Um, so it's one of those things that you can't do that. So it's an opportunity, again, to look at how do we create our environments, our learning spaces, student-centered, owned, competency-based, anywhere, anytime, personalized, and whatever that last one was you said.
0: Uh, socially embedded. The <laughs> <Yeah>, socially embedded. <laughs> the, the, the thing that really drove that home to me at first was... Uh, I was a little more rigid a few years ago about some of these things, like like there is a good way to do this, and there are some ways that are just a little too fluffy. But when I visited some schools that were in a different uh, latitude, where their school, uh, school classrooms basically had no doors and went right to the outside, mm-hmm. uh, we, we don't have that in Maine. As I look out, and it's apparently blizzard right now. Oh,
1: it's, it's, it is coming down. It, it, I just looked yep. outside and the, the flakes are the size of boulders. I think, uh, I think we are in the upside down.
0: <laughs> it's
1: August 9th, people. This shouldn't be happening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when I, when I started seeing those classrooms that were just opened right up out to the world and people being able to go outside to inside to outside to inside, like at any time, they're in a much different environment than in Maine, where everything is like uh, basically, yeah, snowed in for ten months of the year, as it is right, right now. Uh, so that really drove home to me the importance of being open to other things, but still have something you're looking for. Have have some categories that you are working towards getting better
1: at. Yeah,
0: and uh, uh, we just mentioned a couple different ones. So we did. All right, um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, we've got some notices. You want to plow through a couple things right here? One of them we're going to do a separate pod on, letting you know that right now.
1: Glad we talked about it.
0: Good. Uh, (laughs) See, this is how we do things. Uh, There was the commissioner notice from a couple days ago recommending remote learning for the year. And some of the update. Yeah, we're going to talk about grading in a little bit. Um, One of the next ones is about the expanded authority of reserve funds.
1: Yes. So if you remember back, when we actually talked about legislative stuff, when the legislative things were happening, when everything what? was in the right side, down, up, right side, up, right side, down works too. Upside down, right side, up. I think it's about right. So there was a, there was a bill that was passed that said, um, so if generally speaking, reserve funds could only be used for um, things like school construction projects. Well, a bill got passed and uh, Governor Mills signed it on uh, March 12th that it become effective on June 16th that schools can use reserve funds for other things. And what has come out is this little, really nice little reference chart of mm-hmm. what was the original purposes and what's expandable. So, for example, and originally um, to establish a reserve fund, you could do it for capital projects or equipment. And now it says, uh, any of the 11 budget cost centers and must include a description of the purpose. Well, that's a huge change. Mm, that's really that's good. That's enormous. Yep. Um, allowable reasons to expend from a reserve fund. Any allowable expenditure is what it originally said. And now it says an emergency that requires the immediate expenditure of funds and a vote of the district, et cetera. Well, yeah. Yeah. It allows a right? lot more,
0: which is really
1: nice so this so it, it there's a really nice chart there's a, um, a pdf of this graphic available it came out in a, a priority notice um when did it come out i'm trying to find the date of this uh april 7th so you can look for that um but really good little thing about just just uh, putting a pin and something we've been talking about a couple of times
0: So uh, another one that happened is, this is the one that we're going to talk a a future pod about. It's LD 2167. Oh, this one. I see this sounds, as I was saying that, I was like, oh, this sounds just like we used to talk. This is LD 2167. It's an act to implement provisions necessary to the health, welfare, and safety of the citizens of Maine in response to the COVID-19 public health emergency.
1: And as it starts, we have an emergency preamble which we are big fans of. Yep. And then, almost two pages of whereas's.
0: We love Governor Janet Mills. Eight,
1: Lots nine, of
0: whereas's.
1: Thirteen whereas's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that might is, be a record. That might be a record. That
1: might, might be. That might be a bit of a whereas overkill, but I'm digging it.
0: We're in. We're in. Yeah. See the thing. Uh, 13 whereas is this a 15 page law since it's been signed into law haven't read and, it Yeah, I actually have not read it either <laughs> but we're going to because there's a lot of good stuff here uh, there's uh, 12 parts to it uh, I'm on page 15 it says part L it talks about facilitation of voting for the elections you did math uh, only because I know M is 13 because yeah. I, like, I like number 13 so of course you do <laughs> That should be no surprise. So this one, we're going to have to like take a, a big dive into this one um, since it happened right before they adjourned. Uh, right. This was approved on March 18th and is now public law. But it goes through a lot of the, the waivers and provisions and rules. Uh, and we're going to talk about the ones that apply directly to uh, education or even tangentially to education, I would
1: say. Right, and a teaser alert: there will be budget talk. Uh, so you know us; it's going to be on point and uh, <laughs> highly detailed and accurate.
0: Okay, <laughs> hey, we'll do that one. We'll do that one fairly soon. Yeah,
1: so that's uh, so what I look forward to, folks.
0: Watch out for that <laughs> in every way. Watch out for that. Watch out. Uh, the next one is a, a little uh, article that uh, Representative Tori Cornfield wrote. Uh, yeah it was very nice I don't know
1: if people saw this but it was really nice on April 8th uh, in the Bangor Daily News uh, she wrote an opinion piece and it was called a thank you to our teachers and um, it basically quote in an unprecedented and unplannable situation teachers have stepped up and it just goes into this whole thing of what what's been happening in terms of this crisis and how like we've been talking about how our educators have Apollo 13 to the hell out of our system Yep, and it's working. You know, it's, is it working for every kid? No. Is it working for every situation? No, but it didn't before either, but we are learning so much about stretching ourselves, what we can do. It's just so impressive to see. So it's, it's a fantastic just opinion piece and a celebration of our educators um, who are doing an amazing job. Agreed. It's very nice to see. If you have a chance, look it up. Thank you. Thank you, Representative Cornfield, putting that out there.
0: So the next thing just happened recently is uh, the DOE delivered some tablets to schools in Piscatis, County.
1: Yeah. uh, Well, Piscatis County has some of the lowest rates of connectivity. And so um, what they've done is they've sent out a whole bunch of samples. Samsung tab A's. Apparently I'm trying to find this and it's playing something on my computer and I can't shut it off. Nice. Uh
0: there it is. Yep. This is that was the same preview that I played earlier in this episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there are a bunch of Samsung tab A's. Gotta be honest, don't know what they are. Also nope. don't care. Nope. Um, because it's great and uh Piscatecos County has the highest number of students without connectivity. And so they're working to get devices, DOE's working to get devices for every student in the state who might need them, Uh, and they started there because of the lack of access. Yep, and And they're Wi-Fi enabled, which is cool. Right. I have to say, and I've said it, we've said it before, I am so appreciative of the DOE. They have stepped up bigly. Bigly. They've stepped up bigly um, and are doing an amazing job, and kudos to them.
0: Agreed. That one was mine. Uh, I may have heard that only in my headphones at this point. Who knows? It's a literal blizzard outside, so anything could be happening. Yep. Uh, So right now, what are we? We're about seven hours into this pod. Who keeps track
1: of time anymore? (laughs) Like we said earlier, it's relative. So all time is made up. We're just going to end this pod right here. In our
0: teaser of where education is going from here, we're going to record this next.
1: Otherwise, this is going to be an eight-hour podcast. Oh, my goodness, folks. So for you, it's going to be a real break in time. But for us, we're, we're still right here together. We're going to be right here. Matt, it's you and me forever, baby. <laughs> Stopping right now. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>